Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you. Yes, I sound different. Yes, I don't know how long my voice will last. I wasn't even sure if I was going to make it through the Mike Tomlin press conference today um, with that podcast, but I made it there. We'll see what we can do. But hey, it's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. Where else do you want to be as a Steelers fan? We are here for this. And with me, as always, is my big brother, Rich. Rich, how's it going tonight? Still recovering. Still recovering. Uh, the question is, are you recovering from Saturday or are you recovering from Sunday? Well, I'm still trying to recover from Sunday because, you know, yeah. I had to... Unlike many of you who could turn the channel and go out or go elsewhere, I had to sit through that from start to finish, and it was not fun. <laughs> you didn't even miss part of it because you're in the Pittsburgh home network that the Correct. rest of us, they cut away. I don't know if you realize that. I, I, you all started talking about it in the Slack channel about it, that it had cut away, and I was like, cut away? Yep, never yeah. cut away from me. Well, I got to see every last agonizing second tick off that clock. Got to the end of the third quarter, and I was like, oh, man, there's still another quarter of this to get through. <laughs> I missed one play as I was loading it up on my phone. I missed Chad Henney's first fumble, um, but I caught Chad Henney's second fumble and and everything from that on, point on. But, yeah, it, it was. I just found it hilarious that they cut away from the Steelers game to they say we're going to bring you a more competitive game. And it was the two-minute warning after they had already – won the game, sealed the game, and it was just taking a knee for three plays. They still deem that as being more competitive than watching <laughs> the Steelers' um, Chiefs game. Jeff Harbert talked about that on his Let's Ride on Monday as well. But um, I want to welcome everybody here tonight. We we'll, we got to start off because, yes, the, the, it was a big rivalry for the Steelers in the 70s when he was the coach, but we have to give a shout out um, that the NFL community lost a legend today in the passing of coach John Madden. For those of you young ones out there, you all, you probably all, you know, Madden for is for the video game for you middle-aged people like myself, you know, Madden from his commentating and from you old schoolers out there, you know, him as the losing coach of the immaculate reception. Um, so long career with the NFL, been involved in, in many ways. Last game he ever called, what was it, Rich? Do you know? Yeah, I do. It was Super Bowl 43. Super Bowl 43. I just watched a replay of it um, on uh, of, the, of the San Antonio Holmes catch on Twitter because they were talking about John Madden and Al Michaels making the call of that game. Um, so that'll be... Uh, you know, the Steelers will always be a part of that for a long time, but, um, you know, he, he really did change how a lot of people viewed the game, especially, I mean, like our blokes from down under the, the whole reason they got into NFL football was because of the video game. Yeah. That's how they got into and interested in American football was because of Madden. So um, I've never been a, someone who played Madden. I you've had me try to do it at times back when we were in college, and I it wasn't for me. Um, anything you want to say about John Madden, coach, commentator, video game, all of the above? Um, 
That's a little bit of the all of the above. Of course, Kyle knows him because of the video game. Um, Kyle was what the for Super Bowl 43. Three years old. Uh, hold on. Well, yeah, no, hold on. He was just shot. Kyle had just turned was had just turned three. Yeah. Kyle just turned say, three. Help you out because that was the first Super Bowl after my oldest child was born. Okay. So. Kyle, well, no, I had to figure it out because Kyle had just been born uh for Super Bowl 40. So mm-hmm. then of course, you know, okay. You so he, would, he had just turned three for 43. And just turned three. So, That's right. Yeah, just had just turned three. So mm-hmm. Kyle does not remember John Madden calling football games. Yeah. And even beyond that, even beyond just John Madden calling football games, the thing I'm sad Kyle never got to hear was John Madden with, with Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall. <laughs> I knew because that. The, those two guys together, in my opinion, changed the way football games were called. Yes. Um, just you you had Pat Summerall who was still in that very old school very Kurt Gowdy very you know the the you know that that play by play guy but what changed it was Madden mm-hmm. okay and then not just Madden though but the way Summerall being such a professional mm-hmm. that he changed up the way he was doing things to better suit and pair up with Madden. Yes. And those two guys, like I could listen to games they called. I probably will. I will go back and watch games that the two of them called just to listen to them call a football game. Yeah, I'm going to say it. And people could say, oh, no. There never has been and likely never will be a commentary duo of mad better than Madden and Summerall. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know if that they can be beat. Yeah. I mean, that is, I mean, you would have to be absolutely amazing to even begin to be compared to them. Cause I couldn't tell you anyone else that even compares to them. I know people like the old school Howard Cosell. Some people did, some people don't. There's no one even in their league, in my opinion. Um, and no, no, no disrespect to, to, Al Michaels when he was with Madden it's just you can't take someone else paired with Madden and say they're close you know you've got to take number one Madden with his number one pairing so you know uh, rest in peace John Madden Um, you you were someone that that Steeler fans could you know he couldn't stay in the Steelers because of that big rivalry in the 70s and you don't blame him but uh, I still know that you know they got the best of them couldn't stand um, him but he did respect them exactly exactly so um just you know had to bring it there that's i mean that's big nfl news i mean that happened that the news of that was broken uh this evening so on tuesday so i'm for all i know there could have even been people here in the live chat that hadn't even heard the news yet i'm i'm sure most probably did but um uh do we have to talk about last week's game <laughs> with sealers hey let's maybe let's hit some news first Let's hit the Mike Tomlin press conference. Okay. Um, It was, I felt that the press conference had a lot less to it than normal, but, but uh, Mike Tomlin, he talked about injuries. He didn't really, he mentioned guys by names, but didn't talk about their injuries. What he said was with an extra day's prep for a Monday night game, usually they, they throw in an extra day at the end of the week. You know, they keep their regular, 
routine of practicing on Wednesday and throw it in later. They're not. They're throwing in the extra day basically tomorrow that they're not going to come back and take the field until Thursday to try to give some of these guys um, that that have missed with injury, some of the guys on the COVID list, all these players, a chance to come back. He specifically mentioned Pat Frermuth and Kevin Dotson first. I think you're going to see both those players this week. Um, he also mentioned um, – who else did he mention? I'm trying to remember. Uh, <laughs> they, they were the important ones. He mentioned he mentioned two others. I know he mentioned Devin Bush specifically from COVID. Um, he did not mention Chris Wormley, which I thought was interesting. Um, when it came to Presley Harvin, they, there's a lot of things going on with arrangements and whatnot and services with, uh, with the passing of his father on Christmas Day. He was not – doesn't seem like they are pressuring him to come back. And Rich, correct me if I'm wrong, although a lot of times you would probably be saying that to me and something like this instead. I don't think they changed the rule. If you sign a player off of another team's practice squad that you have to keep them for three weeks, I don't think it even matters if, that, if that's it. I know it's definitely a rule if you're playing that team anytime soon, but I think it's just a rule in general that I, I, I would well to look up, which means you're going to have to pay Corliss Waitman. Um, even if you release him, you got to pay him a salary. And and the, the the right thing to do is to just keep him for the last three games. So the Steelers are going to have two punters um, is how it's going to be. So there's really no reason, especially with everything going on with big press. You know, my, my heart goes out to him. Um, it's It's – it's kind of stinky that, that that something like that happens, even though he's known about it for a while, that, that they knew his father was 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 at the end. But then to be on Christmas on top of it is just kind of got to I, – I just got to say my heart goes out for him. I'm okay, not not even because of performance or anything. If he, if he doesn't kick anymore in the regular season, I, I can I could totally – Right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to criticize him for that one bit. So, um, and it's not even about, I mean, even if he was having an all pro year, um, just because of how things are going, because they had someone else that, you know, he didn't kill him, but I mean, he only had to punt twice. So uh, we'll see how that has to, has to play out. So other than that, I mean, a lot of players going on the COVID list, um, record, number yesterday it's funny they talked about oh 96 positives and everything on monday and how it was was the most they've had by far and i'm like that and that's true but if you think about it that's only on average three per team and that's including roster and practice squads so that's out of 69 players per team really you know it was three so while it's not good no that number you gave though they, they make uh, it the ninety six like, positive. Like, is that only players? What's that? The ninety six positive. Is that players only, or is that I include it was, all the training know. staff and everybody Ooh. else that gets tested? It might have. It might have been. It might have been. I, I thought that was players, but that also included practice squad. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So it's not like oh my goodness, every team only has half their people. It's not to that point yet. They changed their guidelines. Um, they announced that this afternoon to, to go along with how the CDC changed everything. So um, vaccinated or, un, or unvaccinated, if a player tests positive on Monday, it is possible they could still play on Sunday based on how they've changed things. I know teams that team fan, fans of like the Saints, um, 
that had to, you know, do what they did Monday night or other teams that were decimated um, with, with, with COVID at times say, well, that's not fair. Everyone else should have to do this too. You know, if you're, if you set the standard that you're following the CDC guidelines, that when they change the guidelines, you got to change yours. So, yeah. So I don't know if we need to go into that too much. No, Anything you want to say not. about that? No. Yeah. Good. So bottom line is it's now or never for the Steelers. So we'll talk, we're going to focus more on that as we go. Is there anything that you want to say from this past week? Because we usually spend most of the show talking about the past game, but my goodness, I don't want to even think about it. Um, yeah, a couple things. And it's not so much about the game, but I do. Uh, sorry, got to got to hit some folks out there because I got into reading lots of comments on stories last in the past couple days, and um, I think there must have been an awful lot of people that got, that weren't that <laughs> that weren't under the same guidelines that I was for the game, and they turned away from the game a good bit and didn't watch it all. Okay, um, I, I got tired because I saw more than one comment by more than one person talking about, you know, how the defense didn't, you know, didn't, you know, Kansas City never punted the ball. Mm -hmm. I saw that comment out there a couple times, which is totally wrong. Kansas City actually punted the ball as many times as the Steelers. The Steelers did. Now, the problem was, though, the other times they were scoring and the Steelers were turning it over. Yeah. Um, but. You know, yes. they actually put the same amount of time. The other one I couldn't understand that I was seeing people complain about was I saw a lot of complaining going on about Alex Highsmith. And honestly, I was surprised I because I thought he played and has been playing very good football. Okay. Uh, he's played pretty solid football all year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think has happened to people in their opinion of Alex Highsmith. Okay. And his play this year. The folks that I've seen gotten very down and negative on Alex Highsmith and saying that he was a, I, I, like, I was seeing multiple people talking about how it was another wasted draft pick. Okay. Yes. Multiple people I was seeing this mm. from. And, and that really bothered me because honestly, I think those people that have a problem with Alex Highsmith and the way he's played football this year don't understand football. <laughs> either A, don't understand football, or B, expect everyone that lines up to play a lot outside linebacker for the Steelers to be TJ Watt. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell folks if TJ Watts were so easy to come by, Everyone would have one. <laughs> Everybody would have one, and it wouldn't be so special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alex Highsmith, I mean, because you know I do the articles, whether I agree with everything or not. I always like to do it just to dissect it. I um, just read the, that article a little with, bit ago. With the PFF grades. You know, yeah. Highsmith was in the top five. There was only two starters in the top five defensive grades for the Steelers. It was Highsmith was the fifth grade, and Minka was tied with UG3 for the third best grade. The other guys were Witherspoon, Carlos Davis, and I said UG3. Those were the top five grades. Joe Schobert was actually sixth. He didn't have a terrible game. Um, I tell you one thing. One, 
that's that's uh, really even you know, when, when funny when Devin, this week with those scores, those scores reflected what I was seeing in the game. See, and that's what I always More, look at these, these scores. I want exactly. to see if they if they back up what I thought I saw, and if they don't, then I want to go back and look, and then I and then I'll say, oh, did they see that right? Or oh no, they're just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But I mean, there were more Steelers below below 50 than I've ever seen before on defense. I mean, I'm talking about defense uh, with grades below 50. And in case you're wondering, PFF starts, their standard grade is 60, 60.0. If you play one snap and don't really do anything, you have a grade of 60.0. That's what Zach Banner's been getting all season when he plays one or two snaps. That's what Minka Fitzpatrick gets as a grade on offense whenever he's in for kneel downs. You know, that's where they start. So if you're above 60, that means you've done something more to get noticed. And people are like, oh, well, no one gets an A. A, a, a good PFF grade is 75 and above. Is a is a really, is a, mm -hmm. yeah. I would say very good. When you have someone that's hit 90s, that's out of this world playing. That's really what it is. That's what you got from Cam Hayward early in the season. That's what you get at times from TJ Watt, who had a 50.6 this week. And I think we can all agree, watching the eye test, TJ Watt was not ready, was not healthy, was not himself in this game. And the Steelers basically aren't – Mitch Tomlin didn't mention him again today because if not, they're going to get in big trouble. They didn't want anyone knowing that, hey, all you got to do is pop him in the ribs and he's going to be in trouble. So yeah. they didn't want the story getting out there. So they didn't put them on the injury report all week. And then the story breaks. And now they're probably going to be in trouble with that. Um, but he obviously wasn't himself. He didn't play as many snaps as normal. And I don't know if you noticed this. I brought this up. I felt like when the ball was running away from him, he was just kind of trailing the play. And normally you see TJ Watt flying to the ball, even when it's away from him to get in on stuff no matter what that was not yeah. happening because he needed to protect himself. Um, yeah, that, and uh, honestly, what I was noticing was he, he, he didn't have all his moves. Yeah. He couldn't do all the normal TJ moves because I could tell some of them bothered him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I want to get that before it gets away. Yes, Super chat from steel dog, 88, $5 in the chip jar. Thank you very much. Steel dog. He says, I think people are, are down on Highsmith because they expected to get the output to prehab last year. Another good point. Another very good point. You know, it may, maybe that's it as well. It's like they expected to have, you know, Bud Dupree after yeah. however many years yeah. out of Alex Highsmith in year two. By Dupree in year six. Yeah. You know, and, and not only that, Eve, I still think a lot of times the expectations for Dupree was a lot because guess what? Bud Dupree wasn't asked to sack the quarterback nearly as much as what TJ Watt was. There, it does just because they're both outside linebackers doesn't mean they have the same responsibility, you know, because right. someone's got to keep them in the pocket, someone's got to help set the edge for the run and all these things. And if you're going to allow TJ Watt, who is fantastic at getting to the quarterback, if you're just going to say, oh, well, the other guy on the other side, I want you to do the exact same thing, then you're going to have holes in your defense. You can't ask both outside linebackers to do the same thing or else there's going to be problems. So, and, and that's the thing. When was Alex Highsmith 
you know, wasn't there a game in there where TJ didn't play where Highsmith had two sacks or something like that or a second half? I can't remember. I should have looked it up, but I, I didn't know we were talking about him tonight. Sorry. That's because he was taking on more of the TJ Watt role. And the same thing happens with Cam Hayward. It's happened all season with Cam Hayward. You're like, oh, Hayward, especially early on, he, you know, all the disruption he was doing. But when Stefan Tuitt's there, Stefan Tuitt does those things, and Cam Hayward has a different role. Right. Yeah. So basically all season, Hayward's been in the Tuitt role, and no one's been in the Cam Hayward role, and that's why everyone's running all over the Steelers lately. And honestly, in, in, in my yeah. opinion, it's not even that – it's because if one person's doing one thing, so you could take Cam Hayward and say, go back to doing the Cam Hayward role. Then you've got no one doing the Stefan to it role very well. And then you're really in trouble with that aspect too. So people just think because they're defensive tackles and they're both on the field at the same time, that they're both asked to do the same thing. And they're not, you have different responsibilities and the same goes with outside linebackers. That's why sometimes you'll see, you know, TJ in coverage or Highsmith in coverage or TJ lined up over the center. Or, you know, things like that, because you're not going to ask them to do the same things. So just because Highsmith might not have the sack numbers or the quarterback hit numbers, and I've, I try to tell Jeff Hartman this a lot. I know early in the season he didn't like that Highsmith didn't have the stats. I'm like, but they're not asking him to get the stats. They're asking him to hold down the forts so T.J. Watt can go get those stats. And T.J. Watt has gotten those stats. That's correct. You know, that's the thing. You don't have to have two guys – each with 10 sacks, when if one guy has three and the other has 17, you know, and Correct. The that's, numbers that's the point because still the same, yeah, because you're not asking them to do the same thing. So, sorry, I didn't realize this was something to bring up, but I'm glad you brought it up because that's just one of those things that sometimes get well. Me. And when I was seeing that after the game from folks, I was like, they weren't watching the same game I was then mm -hmm. because. Alex Highsmith had a sack in the game the other day. Yeah. And although the second sack that the Steelers had went to Cameron Hayward, it's because Highsmith forced him up into the pocket. Highsmith him forced him right into, you know, he was avoiding yep. Highsmith and forcing him right into Cam. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, don't tell me that guy can't wreak havoc out there in the TJ Watt role when he was basically doing that. For the, in that game when TJ Watt was not in the game. So, yeah. Just, just, you know, uh, do I want to talk a whole lot about that game? No, because there's not really a ton to talk about. The Steelers, no. you know. And as Coach Thomas Trump. said today, it was, if you're going to go in there and beat that team, you can't go in there and turn the ball three to over three times and not get no. any takeaways. Yep. I mean, look, it took, it took, Four, it took a plus four turnover margin at home to beat the Titans. You weren't going to go into Kansas City and win a stinking game at minus three. Yeah. You're just not going to do it. Nope. And I, I saw some other people in the live chat say something similar to this. Was there at any point in the season? Well, that's not true. There was a point in the season because I know it is for me. But either before the season or leading up to this game, did you ever have the Steelers winning this game? No, no. Mm -mm. I mean, there was a point in the season when it looked like Kansas City was struggling. I'm like, oh, that might not be the a bad a game as what everyone's making it out no, to be. Five, five games, then they got everything five straightened games out. in, you thought maybe we, oh, maybe we yeah. do have a chance to beat Kansas City. But yeah. if you look over the last three or four, you'd say, no, no, no chance. Yeah. You were back to where you thought when the schedule came out. Yeah. And that's the thing. And honestly, even going into this game, I, I picked them not to win this game. 
Uh, I mean, it's just what I was. It's what I did. I but I picked them to cover. I thought that they would give Kansas City. They would make enough noise with Kansas City. They wouldn't pull a Minnesota where they were down so, so much, and they were then going to have to fight their way back and make it close in that way. I thought that they would, you know, not let it ever get too far out of hand. I thought it was going to be more like a Buffalo or a Cleveland, you know, where the Steelers, who were trailing at halftime in both those games, but they were within, I think, 10 points in both of them. And, and Tennessee. And Tennessee. Forgot that one, too. All three of those games, you know, they were trailing by maybe by like 10 points at that game. No, I mean, um, Cleveland, it was tied. Sorry. So, but I think you know what I'm saying. I know that, what you're getting at. Yeah. That that they that they were in it and right there. So, this was not the case here. And, and I, I really felt for him. Because although Jeff likes to say I, I, I can't stand him, oh Deontay Johnson, because that was about the most untimely play that the Steelers could have. Yep. Because the Steelers they were down twenty three to nothing at halftime, and Casey gets the ball, and what did they do? They held him to a three and out. They held them to a three and was out. it a three and out i thought it was a first down nope, and it then was for, a three oh, and you're out. right it was a three I and out. It. i went back and double checked it i'm like they held them to three and out they got the ball Najee had a nice run on first down and on second down they throw it out to dj who's got the first down and going for more and drops it you know it was not dropped the pass just drop the ball if the Steelers could did have you done see, something did you on see why, job, did you see why he dropped the ball? He was switching you, hands. Not switching hands. He caught the ball, had it in two, mm -hmm. and went to one. And he didn't cradle it or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He went to palming it in and, one hand. That's what drove me yeah. drove me nuts about that play. That That is not ball security. And I know mm -hmm. the coach Tomlin was sure to point that out. Yeah, in 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 film review that 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 is not ball security. Yeah, and exactly. And and my point with all this was, if you were going to come out and make noise in the second half and still probably not even have a chance to win the game, everything had to go your way in the second half, and it started off that way because you did something you hadn't done the whole game. You got the three and out. Yep. Okay. So then you're talking about twenty three points, twenty three points to to come back. Now. Yeah, probably had a pretty good idea that Kansas City was going to score again at some point. So, but you really needed to score on every possession, maybe get a takeaway or two to give yourself even a remote chance. And when you had the second turnover right after that started to happen, I mean, yeah, that was it. Then the fact that they turned it into seven, I mean, if the game wasn't, I mean, really, you felt like the game was over in the second quarter, but they had a chance to at least try to go somewhat respectable there. And that turn, I mean, and 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 you saw that glimmer for just a couple of minutes and then it was gone. And but you can't put yourself in that situation where one play like that ruins the day. What ruined the day was the first 30 minutes that right. you had to be completely perfect and have luck on your side throughout the rest of the game and yeah but you know i i, I just 
that play was like, if it wasn't for that play, you would have been interested to see how the game would have played out. I still don't think they would have won. No. But I think it might have been a little bit more. They might not have had to go to flip over <laughs> to Las Vegas, take it in E three times, if you know what I mean. Yes. So, well, no, I don't because I didn't see that. <laughs> so, all right, let's move. Yeah. Let's move along. Yeah, we'll move along because really what we're talking about tonight is it's now or never. It's now or never. It is now do or die. As Jeff Hartman always likes to point out with, oh, with Dave Schofield, it's he, you know, we ask him if it's a do or die game. And as long as he can explain the math and the numbers to us, then it's not definitely, it's not exactly a do or die game, but in essence it is. This one really is because if you don't, well, let's just say this. Jeff asked me this. I think he broke the article today. I, I can't remember, but he's like, he's like, what's the scenario? I'm like, well, I've got the scenario for the, for the AFC North memorized. He's like, oh, you want to tell me what it is? I'm like, sure. So I, I actually sent it to him. So I don't, for all I know, he copied and pasted it for his article. I'm not sure. But bottom line is all the Cincinnati Bengals have to do is win another game. And they're the AFC North champions. Correct. But they're not, I don't think, I don't know that they're going to be favored in either game. I know they're not favored at home this weekend because they play Kansas city. Right. And I don't know that they're going to be favored in, favored in Cleveland. I don't know. If so, to me, if that's they, a toss might, up. they might get a favor. They could get favored by a point. Oh, by a little, but I don't think yeah. it's going to be that they're heavy favorites. No. So saying that the Bengals were to lose both of their games, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. But in order for any other team other than the Bengals to win the AFC North, the Bengals have to lose them both because when it comes to Baltimore, they're back one game, but they lost both of them to the Bengals. Correct. So they have to be up a game. And in order to be up a game, the Bengals have to lose two. Baltimore has to win two. That's what has to happen there. Um, if that happens, the Steelers don't have to worry about anything because the, the Ravens would have to beat the Steelers. So that's what that is. Um, what's interesting is the Ravens game this weekend really doesn't affect the Steelers. Um, the reason it doesn't really affect the Steelers is because the Steelers got to beat the Ravens no matter what. Yeah. So, and, and so if they both win and then the Steelers beat the Ravens, the Steelers are ahead of them because they're only a half game back or are they half game back or game. I can't remember. I have it right here. Bottom line is, yeah, I do have it right here. That's why that's got to Yeah. They're cause they're a half game back. Um, of Baltimore, of Baltimore, of game Baltimore. and a half of, of yeah. I, I started. I was I was thinking about what the scenario was before those two teams played. So that's where that lies. Then you've got Cleveland. Bottom line is, if the Bengals lose to the Chiefs, which I'm going to pick them to lose to the Chiefs. Just that's what I'm going to say. Baltimore's only alive if they if they can beat the Rams at home. If they lose to the Rams, they're out of it. Then it comes down to the Bengals and the winner of the Steelers-Browns game fighting for the spot in the North. If it's the Steelers, then they need the Browns to beat the Bengals and they have to beat the Ravens. If it's the Browns, then it all comes down to the two of them playing each other the next weekend, the Browns and the Bengals that that would be for the North. Um, 
So really, you're going to have an. You'll know if Baltimore is still alive by the time the Steelers take the field against Cleveland on Monday night. You'll know if there's still a chance on. You know, and, and if the if the Bengals don't upset the the Chiefs. So you'll know a little bit more when the Steelers go to kick off, but that's what has to happen. And even when looking at the wild card, I would look at the wild card. Like, is there any way the Steelers could lose this game and still make it in the wild card? And I started to go through all the scenarios and there would have to be like five different teams go. zero and two over the last two weeks. If the Steelers went one and one, um, the Steelers would need, the Bengals, you know, the Bengals have to go. Into, it would have to be the Browns winning the North would be the only way that happened. And then even when I did all that, then I realized that the Chargers and the Raiders play each other. Play each other. Mm-hmm. So one of them has to win that yep. game. And then, so then if that happened, I mean, if that happens, then the, that wouldn't do a thing. So then you're like, well, what if they tie? Then they'd be tied record-wise with the Steelers. But the Steelers lost to both of those two teams. So you would actually have to have another team that would also be be at eight, eight, and one to come in and do a tiebreaker to force another tiebreaker, and it have to be the right team. And I still don't even know if it would work. Ooh, it makes your head explode. So guess what? If the Steelers lose against the Browns, they're done. That's the yeah, easiest way to say it. If they lose against yep. the Browns, they're done. Okay. So that is why it's medically <laughs> maybe or maybe not, but it doesn't really matter. If they yeah. lose, they're done. Yeah. And a lot of people would say they're done now. Yeah. But, but and do you know why they're technically not, not done now? They're not done because they haven't played yet. Now, the people that say that they are done, I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, you're technically incorrect, but I understand where you're coming from because you're yes. basing it off of how the Steelers are playing. Right? Well, they're saying they're well, done because they're not playing well enough to beat both of these last two teams who honestly they ain't looking that great either that's true somebody put it up there either at least the Steelers are playing two other teams that are dumpster fires right now yeah that's the thing I mean who's um, the who's the less dumpster fire in these next two games (laughs) exactly exactly and and I still don't know what to expect out of Baltimore but guess what don't have to worry about Baltimore right now worry about ball we'll, we'll be talking about that next week when, when we're on here. That's when we worry about that one. So right now, it's all about the Browns. And between you and me, if the Browns decide that we are just going to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb every single friggin' play, because that's what we need to do to win, they would show that they're smart enough to know what they need to do to win. Oh, they'll, they do that. To they'll, have... they'll do that in the first half and get a seven-point lead, and then they'll let Baker Mayfield sucks. Yeah, chuck it all over the yard, and throw three interceptions in the second half. That's exactly that would be my that would be the you know perfect Brown type of Browns game because that's the Browns being the Browns. The question is, is their coach as smart as Bill Belichick? And you know why I'm saying Bill Belichick? I'm going back to earlier in the season when the New England Patriots defeated the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. How many times did they throw that ball? Throw the ball in that game? Three, three. Are they smart enough to say we don't need to throw the ball more than three times to win this game? If we can just run and they can't stop it. Honestly, yep. yep. I would hand the ball 
off every play until you are losing. <laughs> Honestly, even if you don't go all the way down and score in the first drive, what are the chances are the Steelers are going to score? They've shown that they can't put up points in the first half at all. I would have zero pass attempts in the first half. Because it's not like you're going to get behind a bunch. Right? True. Make them stop. That's just me. That's just me. Now, I don't see an NFL coach doing that because they think, oh, well, we'll catch him off guard. Yeah, you'll catch him off guard and have Baker Mayfield throw another, another interception, um, which is basically why they are seven and eight right now. So I don't like seeing Baker Mayfield throw all those interceptions that their last game on there the other day. Cause you're afraid he's going to realize he can't do that. No, or they'll gonna, match him. <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid they're not going to sign him to that big quarterback contract that I'm hoping Cleveland signs him to. Did, did they, or did he get franchised or did I they sign know. it? I can't remember. I can't even remember what happened with him. Just give him a great big. I just want to make sure Baker yeah. Mayfield is set to be there as the quarterback for a while because he's yeah. not. As Brian yeah. Anthony Davis says, Baker Mayfield sucks. Yeah. I mean, that's what, yeah. He, oh, no, he, let's see. He's still, no, because, yeah, he did not, he didn't sign it in the offseason because he's got the fifth year option coming up next year, is what it ultimately yeah. came to, is what I. You know, they talked about it. I couldn't remember if they got it done because, frankly, it was the time of year I didn't care. So, um, Browns fans are starting to realize this. You know, it's bad. You know, I actually tweeted it out and said it was a it was a picture of the Rock saying, "Finally, you know that uh, that uh, Browns fans are realizing that it's their quarterback that's the problem." I know, and I don't want him to realize that. I want him to hurry up and, you know, anoint him. No, think that he's not the problem for one more, for at least one more week. No, I want want him to think he's not the problem and sign him to a great big old extension, and then they can figure it out. Yeah. Come on. That's my strategy. That'll keep the Browns as the Browns for years and years and years to come. Yeah, and the thing is, the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers held a team under 100 rushing yards, it was against the Browns. Yep. It was. Now, I'm thinking one of their guards was out. I mean, they've got two Pro Bowl guards. And and, everything. and I'm, part of me is just like, what would – and I think it's funny because as much as people want to talk about how, you know, they want to fire all the coaches and the Steelers coaches are terrible and blah, blah, blah. And I've, I've said it before. I said it. I went on a little bit of, off on the preview that – People that follow the NFL and not particularly the Steelers think that people that say that are fools because they look at it from the outside and they say, this roster is not good and the only thing keeping you afloat is the coaches. But the thing that I think of is imagine imagine Matt Canada calling plays with even with Ben Roethlisberger, but behind that offensive line, you know? Oh, of the, of the Cleveland? Of the Browns. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Take some of those things and swap them out. But for those people that are really down on the Steelers' offensive line, you know what? I agree with you. I agree with you. And I've said it before. Who was supposed to be the starters this year? In At the beginning of June, it was supposed to go. That's why they paid Zach Banner yep. and David DeCastro. And yep. maybe maybe Kendrick Green will be good enough than the other guys that we have and we can start him. No, it's not that he wasn't good. Not that he was good enough. He was not as bad as is what it was. There was no reason to not. Was, and then it was, it was Kevin Dotson. Yep. And then Chooks. And then what ends up happening, I still say the David DeCastro thing through 
this entire team off. Salary cap, line, plans, everything that they had got thrown out when DeCastro couldn't play. That's just, you know, they would have they would have spent more than I mean, yeah, they went out and got Trey Turner. Trey Turner was all that was left. You didn't really right. have any options in June. They might have done something in March if it wasn't for for DeCastro, or they would have used that money to keep someone like a Matt Filer or invested it more on the defense or something like that. And now everyone's like, well, they, they still have cap money. Why'd they even bother? Well, the Steelers did those void years knowing that if they didn't spend that money, then that money this year is going for the void years that they have coming in next year or whatever. But, um, you know, in case something, maybe the right thing never came available for them to use that money and they were hoping it would. But, uh, I still think that the Castro thing is what really hurt this offensive line and in turn the offense big time. But if you looked at that offensive line that I listed, I still don't think that offensive line is very good. Then what they, what they had to do in place of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I was very optimistic. The DeCastro thing, I, I was concerned, but I'm like, oh, they'll overcome, they'll overcome. And honestly, maybe seven, seven and one at this point of the season is overcoming. If you think about it, because when you look at how things are going, you're like, uh, how did it even get to where they're still in talk of being in contention? So I don't know, but any thoughts? I mean, I brought up the whole DeCastro thing. Any more? Do you have any thoughts on that? No, just, you know, we, we knew the offensive line was a big question mark coming in. That just made it even a bigger question mark. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, I mean, it's kind of the whole notion of you don't want, you don't want everyone going out at the same time. And I, I know last year, right as the season ended, Jeff Hartman was all about the Steelers drafting a quarterback, drafting a quarterback. He, he turned on that right away i said there is no use to draft a quarterback until you fix the offensive line that's going to get worse with no marquis pouncy and you know things like that and now here they are in the same boat that they still need to fix the offensive line but what i'm going to say is that there's hope think of some of these offensive lines that were not good at the end of last year um how about kansas city yeah they signed people. They drafted people. Some people still argue that Kansas City drafted the guy the Steelers should have, but I digress. And it is what it is. So they turned it around. How about the Bengals? That offensive line was That's terrible. True. They got Joe they Burrow killed. They got him killed. And that offensive line is not the liability that it was before. You know, so you can turn it around if you decide that you're going to go all in to turn it around and the Bengals didn't even invest their top pick in it, which I still thought when they drafted Jamar chase, I thought the Bengals just bungled this up and they're done because Joe Burrow is going to get killed again. And my goodness, they still managed to, to, to pull together a pretty decent offensive line. So it's interesting. So, yep. um, but if you've noticed, we've been talking about this offensive line a lot since one Kevin Dotson went down with injury. True. We were talking about how this offensive line was getting better. Yes. Until Kevin Dotson went down due to injury. Yep. I don't know that he can save it. But maybe it can get going in the right direction. Well, I can tell you who's going to save the Steelers on Monday night. Okay. 
Me. I'm going you to the be, game. <laughs> you're being at the game. You will be there. You'll be in your seats. Yep. Correct. Yep. Be in so, my uh, seats. Yeah. And cheering them on. Or if need be, letting out a few boos here and there, depending on what goes on with the game. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line is this team. It's funny. Coach, Coach Tomlin said today that he said, yeah. Sorry if my dog's barking in the background. That's my daughter's responsibility. So she's gonna she's right, gonna be on. in the doghouse tonight. Get moving. <laughs> Got it. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, about about being playing at home versus playing on the road. And he's like, that's because Heinz Field is is a great venue, you know, and the fans are great. It's not about, you know, it's not about we don't have that big advantage. He's like, it's an advantage playing there. So he's I hopefully he's right. So there we go. All right. We got to get the scores. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Cause we, we do, we've been, we've been uh, going over a little bit uh, too much, but here, Rich, well, I am going to bring this up. Oh, somebody did ask is go to the is go bro. Two point. He's nope, well, 2.0. 2. Yeah. Let's go 2.0. Not going to the game with me. I'm actually taking a friend of mine. Um, who is a Steeler fan. Um, actually he had even after I decided I was going to take him, he actually was considering buying my tickets. And I was like, Oh, I said, I was just going to take you as a Christmas present. And he was like, Oh, he's like, I'm in. I'm like, so there you go. All right. And then there's BF bud. who says, I'll be there with you, big bro rooting for my beloved Steelers. He'll be in my seats. So, uh, BF bud, please, 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 please. Do them right. <laughs> yeah. Um, seven specifically seat 17 is the one that's mine. So treat it right. You're around some really great fans. It's a really good place to have seats just because the All people right. around you are great. So so I'm ready. I'm ready to shoot my score out there. You're ready to shoot. So yeah, we're gonna do so. scores. So we're gonna have some time to really where we don't have to rush through them as much. Remember, if you brought up a score already, guess what? It's not going yet. Oh no! Not just them. that. You're going in timeout. Oh, you got five minutes until, oh. you can, until you can even say anything. All right, here we go. Rolls, no scores until we say. That's just fun. I mean, I'll, don't be offended by that. Yeah, don't be offended by just, that. That's... It's just it's like the stupid. What is it, around the horn show where they mute people for thirty seconds and stuff like yeah, that? That's the I haven't that, watched that or, in years. Or you know, no soup for you. Yeah. So. No um, soup for you. So, yeah, so we'll get your scores uh, when we come back. But Rich I, is going to give his breakdown, give his scores. Then I will 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 put the word out there, and then you all can post yours. All right. So I'm thinking um, home game, Monday night, Steelers-Browns, Browns are the Browns. Um, somehow we, we, we keep it interesting for week 17 and um, pull, off, pull off a W. Against the Browns, 21-17. 21-17. So there's your score, 21-17. So therefore they go, and then the Steelers roll into the final week. The Steelers, hey, you beat me to it. I already had to load it up. <laughs> now it's in there like 17 times. Oh, well, they um, can get in there now. It got, it got doubled up. So, yeah, the bottom line is I, I'm going to bring these scores up in just a second. But I'm pretty sure that there's only been one season under Mike Tomlin where the Steelers weren't still in contention going into the final game of the season. 
And they are getting contention going into, into the 16th game. It's just, will yeah. they be for the 17th game? So here we go. You want to? I'll click you read. Oh, you missed some. You oh, didn't yes, go back far enough. I'm going to beat right. you. Ah, ah. you I got to go. go back to where you put scores in, not where um, I did. Okay. I'm, and we'll get to I that. I did, one. but it didn't skip down on me. I didn't realize it skipped. Okay. All right. So we've got. Steven. I'm the one who's losing his voice. Uh, okay, then I'll, you, want, you click them, I'll read them. There All you right. go. I'm glad you read them. Steven Caresta says uh, 2017 Steelers. Ryan Brown, 15-10 Steelers. Sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> That's I just, that was the score of the last game. Sure. Uh, George Tesson, 33-17 Steelers. He say the Steelers are really going to bust out the offense that we haven't seen for weeks. That would be fantastic. All right, BF Bud, uh, 30-24 Steelers. Uh, Steelers-Pittsburgh, uh, 2013 Steelers. Um, hashtag Zach Baker. I think that's supposed to be three. Maybe they hit a shift. I don't know. Um, not sure. Uh, Johnny Bravo. Thank you. Says 27-17 uh, Steelers. Uh, George Rice, 27 to 13 Browns. I can't pick the Steelers the way they are playing right now. And you know what? I, I don't blame you there, George. I totally can get behind that. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I can as well. I was also looking up something because I'm going to bring you some interesting numbers here when we're done. <laughs> Your cherry band, 51 nothing Steelers. Since <laughs> they lost to them, 51 nothing in, was that 89? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Ford, uh, Steelers 24 20. Moneybags, uh, 27 17. Steelers, Ben throws three TDs. Uh, Steel Dog 88, Steelers 27 20. Ben throws game winning touchdown, possible last game at home. Now, here's the thing that's crazy if Ben wins, if Ben wins his game at home, then he's playing the next week to possibly have another game at home. So, yeah. But if he loses this game, he's not going to get another chance. Yep. You know, outside of 2022. Yep. So. All right. Uh, George OTJ, Steelers 22-17. Steeler check 46, Steelers 24, Browns 21. Uh, Demetrios, um, and Dave, you never say this, so I don't even know how to get. Um, Me, hold on. Medzarius. <laughs> uh, I think 24-20 20 Steelers. Uh, Richard Adamson says 28-18 Steelers. <laughs> uh, no one you know. I feel the I feel the dead and lifeless fun continues. 19 to 12 brands. Brands. <laughs> uh Javier Mori says uh 17-13 Steelers. Ben throws last touchdown at Hines to Claypool. Uh Christopher Eleven. 13 to 20 Steelers play renegade during every commercial break. I, I, he said that earlier. I was going to bring that, that up at the end where he said play in every commercial break. I'm like, I mean, if it, if it works, if it works, <laughs> um, here we go. I was looking for the next one. Uh, Thaddeus Kennedy, uh, 42, 17 Browns, uh, Josh Parker, 24, 21 Steelers, uh, deal with it. Steelers, 17, 13. Kevin, Kelvin. See, you always do it. Too. I, know, I, always Kelvin, I know. Kelvin Colbert Senior, 27 17 Steelers. Ben won't allow them to lose. Uh, George Bedvis, 
13-0 Brownies. All right. I'm looking for more, looking for more. Um, <laughs> you got to bring this up. Just say it. Evor. Evor Mechton Fire Tomlin uh, says, tank the game so they re-sign Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. But remember, he, he, for those of you, he says fire Tomlin, but it's in the it's in the rotating caps and lowercase. That if you if you know what that means. Um, yeah. Here's another one, uh, Joey Junior. Thirty one oh, ten more. Steelers um, for Ben's last home game. Uh, Brian Blackstock twenty three seventeen Steelers. Let's go. Uh, Faustino Flores twenty three eighteen Steelers. I got to bring this one up from Tribe. <laughs> Breaking update: The Chiefs just scored again, and that's funny. <laughs> I don't know that we got Evor's uh, score before. I don't think. Uh, no, he didn't give a score, yeah. but we'll get it in there now. He says twenty-one seventeen Steelers. Okay, and there we got. And then Fam HD says twenty-one thirteen Steelers. Baker three picks. That'd be nice. That I want. Nice. I want. I want Mika Fitzpatrick to haunt his dreams. <laughs> Frank Crooker says Steelers 17, Browns 24. The Cuda 70 says 30 Browns, 13 Steelers. The Browns hang it out. Hang it out. They have nothing to lose. Gotcha. Okay. Neither do the Steelers at this point. Yeah. Uh, got to come back after the timeout. Sorry about uh, that, Gino. I shouldn't have been so hard. Hey, good for good, Gino. Good for you know sticking around down there and sticking around, getting in there. We get him in there. Gino says uh, twenty to nineteen Steelers. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that that's what he's saying. Uh, here's here's what's interesting, and I'm going to go into this a little bit more on my Stat Geek Thursday morning, but I've got to give you at least a little bit of a preview. Okay, for everyone that's thinking that. You know, the the all oh, the the Browns, the Steelers are playing so bad. You got to run all over them. Remember, both the Ravens and the Browns since November twenty first. So since before Thanksgiving, since Thanksgiving, the only team they have beaten is each other. That's it. Wow. And the Browns have not scored more than 24 points in any game. They have not scored more than 24 points um, since November 14th. Okay. Their total, 7, 13, 10, 24, 14, 22. That's, I mean, like, and the one was, the 13 was a win. Okay. The only, they haven't scored points like that since they played the Bengals and put 41 up on them because they just happened to have their number. You take that game out of there, then you're talking 10, 17, 14, you know, all the way back to the middle of October. So it's not like the Browns are put are tearing it up offensively. But then again, it's not like the Steelers are, are doing anything that great defensively right. either. So um, do we have any more scores just to make sure? Here's yeah, Ron. I got Ron. Yep. You get well, I missed another one, one too, but I'll go back yeah, and get it. You, I'll get it. So Ron Chess says Steelers 27 to 20. Uh, Mark Tobin said 13 to 10 Steelers. Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that I wanted to say here after we did the scores. Um, if any more trickle win, we'll make sure we get them. Um, that this, this is 
it's funny because when they asked Coach Tomlin about if it's you know Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field and if that's going to affect things, he didn't do anything to quash the whole notion that it is, you know. So they're not denying it, but they're kind of saying he says Ben's handled this fantastic all year. So here they go into it. Is it going to mean something or is it not? Every time I think that this team has something to play for, they kind of dud out on me. And every time that I think this team is done, they show up and win a game. I just, I don't know. And this is kind of my closing thoughts before we get into your closing thoughts. That... I said to myself, as long as the Steelers put themselves in a situation to where if they're playing well at the end of the season and roll into the postseason, you're going to make some noise. And if you were to tell me that in back-to-back weeks, the Steelers had to play the number one and the number two seed in the AFC, because that's what they did. And they won one of the games. Don't you think you'd probably be feeling pretty good about the team? Probably. Probably. But we're not, and I'm not saying that we should. Trust me, I'm not saying that we should. But if you just if you just step back and look at it in that manner, you're like, wait a second, they played the, the number one seed, the number two seed in the AFC, and they beat one of them. That must mean that this team might have some fight in them and that they, that they deserve to be up there. It took four takeaways to beat the Titans at home who were missing their their big play receiver who, as you saw this past week, the difference that he makes when he's around, almost lost my fantasy game to go to the final because I forgot to put him in in time on Thursday night, but I digress. And then they came out and did what they did in Kansas City where they they were just completely outclassed, never in the game. It seemed like it was... It, it was the, the 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 cream of the crop playing playing a team. It felt like they were playing a team that was fighting for the first overall pick with the effort that you got out of the Steelers in Kansas City. Right. And that's why you don't feel that way. If they turn it around and play well the last two games and do what they have to do and take care of business, and even, I mean, let's say they do the unthinkable and actually win a non-nail-biter against these two teams. Did you feel better about this team? I don't. I'd feel better about it, but I also don't think that's going to happen because it just doesn't seem that that's what this team is. Yeah. 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 You ready for my so, final thoughts? I'm ready for your thoughts. So my, my, my thing is, is sometimes we, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees that sometimes you're so looking at the individual stuff. When you look back at that, you're like, oh, wow. You know, depending on how the Tennessee Titans finished their season, you're like, the Steelers, you know, that's a pretty good team that they beat there. You know, that that's a that's another – we said the same thing about Buffalo early in the season. They had some teams, but then at the same time, you're like, um, yeah, the, the Vikings are kind of almost out of it by now, and they, they kind of – couldn't do much there. So sometimes you just got to step back and take a look at it and realize, Hey, you can have a bad game, but man, oh man, knowing that was the toughest one you had all season to go in and do that. That was a rough one. So go ahead, Rich. All right. So here are my final thoughts. They're going to be quick, short and sweet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, come Monday, 
I'm not going to be thinking about what any playoff scenario or anything like that. I'm going to Heinz Field Monday night to watch the Steelers play the Browns, and I expect to see the Steelers win the game. Why? Because I want to be a perfect 4-0 in showing up to Heinz Field for games this year, and the Steelers are going to make sure that happens for me. They're going to do that, and then we're going to worry about all the playoff stuff that could or couldn't happen, whatever, the following week. But getting me to 4-0 at Heinz Field in person this year is going to happen. Can't wait. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.